Cinephiles Attack, a weekly podcast where four movie fans test the limits of their friendship. I'm Rashawn, and I'm here with Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Thank you all, as always, for pressing play and being here with us today. If you find it in your heart, if you really love the show, uh, hit like, subscribe, follow on the podcast platform of your choice. Like and review us on Apple Podcasts. Those reviews mean a lot if you are able to. We would appreciate any kind of support you could send us through buymeacoffee.com slash WCA. And once again, thank you. We love you. Thanks for being here. What's up, y'all? What up? Hey. How we doing? We doing good. What have we had our eyeballs on lately? I mean, we've been doing some special episodes lately, so we haven't really, we haven't gabbed. Mm-hmm. But uh, a couple of movies, a couple of really good TV shows that I'll probably talk about throughout the next few episodes i don't want to blow my whole load right now mm, hey um, when that happens 75 percent of us went and visited a little cabin in the woods mm. uh, for m night Shyamalan's new joint a knock at the cabin and i think it was a lot of fun i wish the trailers hadn't showed so much i wish i had gone in blind that would have been fucking awesome but it was a ton of fun and uh dave batista pleasantly surprised me ultimately thumbs up for that one so real quick i'm the one that didn't go but i'm also excited because i have not seen a full trailer for this oh that's Mm, great so i actually have no idea what it's about i've only seen the poster and i've only seen like the very first teaser trailer that's like a little clip Mm -hmm. so i I'm, i'm gonna see it like when i get back from austin but that's great yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm I really don't know anything about it. I'm so I'll be really curious to hear your review then because I have the same feelings that Josh did. It's like I liked it. I thought it was a very well-made movie, but again, I feel like I knew too much going in, so I kept waiting for, you know, the the M Night big twist, and I don't feel like I really got that personally, but I also feel like we saw too much. We knew too much going in. So I'm really, I'll be really curious to hear your review, Mella. Mr. M. Knight himself, or Sean, what'd you think of it? <laughs> yeah, I'm that guy that either knows way too much or nothing at all. As um, my two co-hosts will witness, they, I put my headphones in and my eyes down when a certain horror movie trailer came up. Two. Two of them, yeah. <laughs> the willpower is impressive, uh, I will say that. Mm-hmm. When I locked down, I locked down. But for Knock at the Cabin, I had read the book The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul Tremblay. Um, so I knew, or at least I the, thought I knew. The kid from the, the room? Story. Same guy. Same Jacob. Guy. <laughs> it's his dad. <laughs> it's his daddy. <laughs> so I thought I knew the story going in, but there's um, a nice bit of adaptation with the movie. I didn't fully love the changes but i have always been in in m night's corner I, I think he's just a master with the camera and i said it on letterboxd i think this is the best ensemble he's had everyone is just on fire mm-hmm. and yeah I, I i'm happy that there's an adaptation of a really great concept and book and that it puts two queer characters at the front of this thriller or horror so for better or worse, I, I I enjoyed myself. He's an actor's director, man. He can make he can get just about anybody to give a good performance. Not besmirching anybody that's been in his movies. Kids, as you mentioned in your letterbox. You know what? We're Sean. Ooh. <laughs> it's L, it's the LB. Do we have Let's hear the jingle. the jingle? Yes. Let's hear it. <laughs> <laughs> this is a new segment. I love movies. Letterbox break. I love watching them. 
and I love making them. Letterbox break. I mean, you you said it perfectly, Rashawn. I just made a joke on mine that wouldn't make sense if you haven't seen it. Uh, and even if you have seen it, it wouldn't make sense. But as you said, uh, Chris and Cooey proves he still has that superpower with child actors. M. Night has, like, the golden touch of being able to pull great performances out of, of anybody. Yeah. Child actors that's, included. That's Spielberg. Yeah. yeah. It's really impressive. Plus, he's got a nice yes. nice little cameo in it. Of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was a fan of Jonathan Groff and, and Ben Aldridge, who I think is just really racking up some great performances. So it's definitely, I definitely think it's worth watching. For sure. I'll just do one about? of the shows I've been watching. I'll drip feed it. Uh, Poker it. Face on Peacock. Okay. Brian Johnson, Natasha Leone, Mystery a Week. It's not a who done it, it's more of a how done it. It's mm-hmm. the episode, every episode opens with the murder. And then you see, you follow Natasha Leon's character, figure out who, why, how, and that's the, that's, that's the fun part. You, so like, it's, it's Ryan Johnson. Go watch it. Peacock's free. Mm-hmm. Um, we watched the pilot of Shrinking on mm-hmm. Apple TV. And it's uh, Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford. It's great. It's really, really good. It's lovely. It's big. I mean, same producers, but big Ted Lasso energy. Yeah. It's real. I mean, we've only watched one episode so far, but I haven't stopped thinking about it in the two days that we haven't watched it. And I'm very excited to get back to it. It's really well written. It's charming. Very sad. But it, it, it yeah, it, it does. It has the same... Heartstring feels as Ted Lasso. Mella, mm-hmm. anything? I watched and finished that nighty show. I oh. was a huge that seventy show. I know the eyes are rolling in y'all skulls, but it's fine. I don't give it's a fuck. Surpri- it's more surprise than anything yeah, else. Yeah, I had no idea. I yeah, I fucking love it. Um, so when they announced that nighty show, I was kind of skeptical because. It's been so long. It doesn't have any of the original cast. That w- that's what we're here for. But I still wanted to give it a chance. In the first episode, they bring everyone back, minus a few. It was fun. Like, it was sweet the way that they did it. I don't really know who's watching this show that hasn't seen the se- that 70s show. Yeah, there's no it's, appeal to anyone but There's us. no appeal. <laughs> right. So I watched it, and I think it has, like, a cute little through line that... Th- throws it back to that 70s show it's the same basement it has kitty it has red i put it on when i was cleaning the house and i just was like oh and it's just short little 20 minute episodes it's real easy it has it's in front of a live audience so it's just kind of like a feel good back to simpler times type of watch what i did watch i had fun so it was cute i think it's time 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 to get to this week's movie what are we fighting about today? Rashani. Mello Bella. This week, we watched The Counselor. I have something to discuss with you, and I'm a bit scared. If you pursue this road, you will eventually come to moral decisions that will take you completely by surprise. What do you think I should do? I don't know, Counselor. Switch off the engine. They're not cops. It's going to be all right. Are you superstitious? How bad is it? Let's say pretty bad. And then multiply it by 10. The Counselor is a 2013 thriller directed by Ridley Scott, written by the incomparable Corinne McCarthy. It stars Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem, Cameron Diaz, Brad Pitt, Penelope Cruz, Natalie Dormer, Rosie Perez, Edgar Ramirez, and a host of other people who kind of pop in and out of this little tale. Uh, The counselor tells the story of the titular lawyer who uh, finds himself in over his head after making the choice to become involved in the Mexican cartel. So, you guys, um, (laughs) what's up? (laughs) This is a a movie that I was very, very, very much looking forward to. I 
I'm a huge fan of No Country for Old Men. I'm a huge fan of The Road. Both of those books are really awesome to me. And I think Cormac McCarthy is just kind of one of those singular authors. And so once it was kind of revealed that he was writing his first screenplay, I was really excited. The cast started to be announced and I was also really excited. So I was ready and I was really excited. And from, I guess I should have known from watching and reading both of those two previous works that this wouldn't be something straightforward in the vein of like Traffic or Triple Nine or Sicario. It ended up being this movie that kind of deals in big ideas and heavy metaphors instead of this intricate plot or flashy action scenes. There are bursts of violence that are, are really shocking and upsetting, but for the most part, all of the movie is kind of scenes with two people waxing philosophic and poetic. And um, I get that that is not always entertaining or satisfying, Um, but I'm a very huge fan of this movie. It has a D-plus cinema score. So safe to say it did not do well. (laughs) It did not go over well. Um, But for me... The cast is kind of catnip. I think it's a great ensemble. I think they're all used very well. We'll talk about it. To me, this is one of Ridley Scott's late career gems. Um, that's probably not talked about as much as Alien or Thelma Louise or um, Gladiator. Thank you. Because those are all like bombastic and big and showy. And this is just kind of, I think he kind of, with the exception of a few sequences, kind of like sits back and lets Cormac McCarthy do the work with the script. So for me, it's a win. It's a big, big win. But I wanted to bring it to the pod because I know it's outside of this podcast. It's a big, divisive piece of work. And so I thought it's perfect for this pod because I love it. And I'm pretty sure the opinions will be varied. But for me, counselor, two thumbs away up. (laughs) I don't know where to start, which happens a lot on my episodes. <laughs> I'll think I think I'm gonna go best chance to worst. So I'll start with Mella. Okay. Um <laughs> I saw this movie with you in theater and I walked out and I was like, wow, what a film. Great acting, great storytelling. I was the only edge of my seat. Penelope Cruz, fuck. Now here we are, 10 years later, right? And I don't know what I was thinking with that review. <laughs> I, re- I really don't. I This is the thing, because I've thought about it all day. And I don't think it's like a, a bad movie. Like, I didn't have a bad time. But there are things in there that I do not like. And I think when you told me that it is coming from a book and an author, right? An author, but it's not based on a book. Okay. Well, it's based. Yeah. And I think the writing in this, I I called it trite, but I want to take that back. I don't think it's trite. I just don't think some of the actors fit the writing specifically Cameron Diaz (laughs) and we can get into it like we can definitely definitely dissect that because I have a lot of other questions that we talked about last night but I think that's one of my main things is that it's not that I couldn't comprehend the screenplay it's not that I was lost that I didn't get it I it's just that at some points he's on the phone with the priest or I don't even know what his name is at the end, but that old guy that's just telling him like, this is how life is. This is the way of the world. And I'm like, who is this guy? What is this monologue about? Where is your wife? So there's so many of those moments that I'm just like, what is happening? So I think I'm giving this movie a thumbs down, but I'm not going to say it's a bad movie, but I could change my mind. So stay tuned. Fair enough. Um, Lacey. 
you don't trust her? Jesus counselor, she's a woman. Um, I always liked smart women, but it's an expensive hobby, you know? Um, where's the other one? No, they can sniff out the moral dilemma, the paradox, moral dilemma. Yeah, they're drawn to it. Not sure why. Maybe it's just that they're lacking any moral sense themselves. They're fascinated by it in men. Men are attracted to flawed women too, of course, but their illusion is that they can fix them. Women don't want to fix anything. They only want to be entertained. The truth about women is you can do anything to them except bore them. It's a thumbs down, Sean. <laughs> it's a big old thumbs down. <laughs> because of the lines you just read? The movie as a whole is... Okay. I can't say it's a bad movie. It's very well performed. I don't agree with Carmela. Hmm. Um, I think it's very well performed. I mean, I think Ridley Scott does a good job with direction. I think this is horribly written. I would like to think I'm pretty intelligent. I'm of average intelligence, at least. I had to ask Josh to pause this movie twice to explain to me what was happening because I could not follow the story at all. And I don't know if that is because of the way it was delivered by the actors. I don't know if that's because of the way it was written. I had no idea what was happening within 20 minutes of the movie. And I had to pause and be like, okay, what the fuck? Is, what? What is happening? Mm-hmm. Okay. It, I did not. I did not enjoy it. I'm very sorry. That's okay. <laughs> Josh. Yeah, man. You want to know what I thought? Yeah. I think everyone's right. I don't think Ridley Scott makes a bad movie. Um, hmm. Like what? I didn't bring that movie. Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ridley Scott is Ridley Scott. Um, you said... Uh, you, you think Ridley Scott kind of took a step back and let Cormac McCarthy's whole thing take the wheel. And and I would counter with Cormac McCarthy's has, uh, this was his first and last movie. And I would venture to say uh, for a reason. Mm-hmm. I think this is some of the worst dialogue I've ever heard. And I understand, I know Cormac McCarthy's books. I've read The Road. I haven't read anything else. And I know that's his whole thing. He always likes to wax philosophical. And all of his characters are, are like, are poets. And all of his characters are Aristotle. It doesn't translate to a movie for me. Um, when Brad Pitt can't make your dialogue sound real, you lost me. You lost me. Mm-hmm. Um... The moments when <laughs> there isn't any dialogue, I loved it. Give me the action. Give me Sicario. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the motorcycle scene, loved it's crazy. it. Bananas. Give me more. Um, okay. My one and only issue with this movie is the writing, and it's such a big issue, I would have to say thumbs down. <laughs> Yeah, that's about what I expected. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Three for three. You seem unsettled. I'm all right. I just need you to be sure that you're locked in. Because I don't know. My recommendation anyway, counselor. Don't do it. (laughs) Well, I guess I'm a little taken aback at the cautionary nature of this conversation. If you're not in, you need to tell me. Why? Because you don't know someone until you know what they want. Is why. Okay, so I heard Cameron Diaz, I heard the writing, and then we got some specific lines from Lace. Mm-hmm. Let's start with Lace. Mm-hmm. The lines that you quoted, mm-hmm. they bothered you, understandably. Or are they bad? No, they bought. I I do not think Cormac McCarthy likes women at all. (laughs) 
based on this movie, it was extremely misogynistic. Could I counter with the characters in the movie are misogynistic? And for my money, 100% incorrect. And the fact that everyone who speaks against women is dead by the end of the movie. Sure. Doesn't mean I like and to sit and listen to it for an hour and a half. Sure, 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 sure. And you don't, you don't, you don't have to. But I, I don't think that the movie is condoning anything that, especially Rainer says about women, Malkina in particular, because he's so wrong about how to treat women and about what women are thinking and how they operate that the one woman he's not paying attention to completely walks away with the entire operation. So I get that maybe it's a stretch to make all of the men in the movie be so wrongheaded about (laughs) women in general, but I do think it serves a point. Is it enjoyable to watch? No, I don't know if this movie is enjoyable to watch overall at all. I I even said it to (laughs) Carmela. I was like, I was worried when I sat down to rewatch this because I loved it. I saw it, I think, two or three times in theaters and I bought it. We watched this on my Blu-ray. Like, I love this movie, but I wouldn't be like, it's a Saturday afternoon. I'm going to plop down and watch The Counselor. It wouldn't be a fun movie like Jurassic Park. I'm not taking the L for that. That's like Jurassic Park is a fun ass movie. Did I be wait, gone? Wait, time out. Time out. Did I back you or Mella on that? Nobody I backed take, me on I that. I take that back. I take that back. I don't know why I did. I maybe it was just feeling feisty. Uh, yeah, no, I'm with you on that one, Rashawn. Yeah, I don't know why I'm getting drugged for saying Jurassic Park. Is that was funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. right. Because everybody was doing like. Joke. Like fun musical, like just little flicks, and you're like Jurassic Park. Like it just seems so <laughs> bigger than life, and just it like is stupid. It's fun. <laughs> now, no. um, <laughs> so on. that's so that's what I would say is is that the the misogyny that comes from Michael Fassbender, Javier Bardem, and Brad Pitt, they are all at rock bottom by the end of the movie, if not dead. And the woman that they are speaking about, like she has no brains in her head or she has no agency, has completely one-upped them all. Mm-hmm. So, but P- Penelope Cruz get absolutely fridged, too. She just dies to further the plot of a man. So that sucks. I disagree. What? what, what? I, I, I don't think she's fridged. I think she's also part of the bigger lesson, which is greed and corruption. She plays that innocence so specifically well. I think she's incredible in this movie and she's barely in it. But I think because she's so innocent and because she's so pure, we think that it's okay that she's turning a blind eye to everything that her fiance is doing. And because she's not actually dealing in the drugs, that she's innocent. But does she even know? I feel like I didn't. Yeah. Where? When? I missed it. She spends a whole day with Malkina. Like, she knows that he's doing unsavory things. And I think the point of the movie is, I think one of the best lines in it is, you can't live in this world and not be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And she thinks, just because maybe she's not doing any of that, it's him, it's not me, that it won't ever touch her. And she ends up being wrong. Malkina is aware of that. She knows this world and she knows the men who play in it. And she bests them all. So I think it's a cautionary tale for for Laura, for Penelope Cruz's character, that you can't just turn a blind eye to whatever he's doing. You have to you either have to be in or you have to be out. But like even if she was even if she was in, how does that prevent her from getting kidnapped and killed? Uh, it doesn't. That's what I mean. Is even if she was in, even if she like was like, yeah, do that drug deal. She's still getting fridged. She's still getting kidnapped and killed because she's Michael Fassbender's wife. But I don't think she's fridged. I Isn't fridged like she would die at the beginning of the movie to motivate him throughout the rest of the plot? Isn't that yeah, okay, kind of whatever. What she's getting killed, yeah, technically. But she's still getting f- killed for the sole purpose to further her husband's story. I, I just... I, I get that concept and what it... And it happening in fiction. I just don't think this is that case. I think she's... She's part of the larger picture. Her, she's just not a bigger that character picture than anyone else. Sucks. 
Um, Fair. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Uh, Carmela, let's let's talk about the big leopard and the big cheetah in the room, if you will. Okay, so I really thought Cameron Diaz was like in her bag mm-hmm. in in twenty thirteen. Yeah. I really did. I walked out and I was like, never seen her like this, which is true. And then I saw it again last night, and I was like. I don't think she's as good as I remember. But Cameron Diaz is not bad. We've seen her for decades. She's not a bad actress. We we know we love her. So what I'm thinking is, is that it's the dialogue, which we've talked about. It sucks. But she just can't chew on it well for me. I don't believe it coming out of her mouth. I believe it out of Michael Fassbender's mouth. I honestly believe it out of Brad Pitt's mouth. Damn right. But Cameron, it's just not working for me. One of the scenes, I don't know if this was the one you were talking about, Lacey, but she comes home. She's wearing like the all black outfit. Javier Bardem sitting on the the pool seat and she just starts talking. And basically the main idea is just like, yo, when shit hits the fan, I'm fucking out of here. That, what I just said, would be way simpler than the actual dialogue that just happened in the whole scene. And I, I was sitting there like, okay, I, I I know what's happening, but I feel like just, just so much dialogue is in here for no it's reason. Not to, not to divert too much from Cameron Diaz and not to compare uh, McCarthy to Shakespeare, because that's crazy. But this the same way that while you're listening to or watching or reading Shakespeare, you kind of have to be doing a real time translation in your head. That's what I felt like watching this movie. Mm -hmm. I was like, like what Mel said, I'm I'm kind of having to like in real time translate in my head to like 21st century speak. And that's exhausting. It was, it's exhausting. And the thing is, I even like the, the conversation we had after watching it, where Sean was like, well, do you feel like it doesn't fit because it's in modern time with this dialogue. And I said, no, because one of my favorite movies is Romeo and Juliet by Boz Lerman. Yes, I I think everyone knows Romeo and Juliet way more than any other Shakespeare work. Mm-hmm. But to Josh's point, yeah, we're, t- we're having to translate in real time. But I feel like in The Counselor, it almost was like unnecessary at points. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, it could have just been like, a look between the two like yo when i'm when you know when shit hits a fan i'm out but to get back to cameron diaz i feel like i just don't think she fit this star-studded cast i'm on team mel uh because at some point it doesn't matter how good of an actor you are unless you're again philip seymour hoffman you're if you're not a character you're not a character like at that point and that's how i felt about cameron diaz like I couldn't for a second believe that she was this drug lord. And did I hear correctly? Is she from Rihanna's Barbados? Did they say that? She is. Yeah. I, that was another point I was going to bring up later. Yes. So I, I <laughs> don't believe think that. she's a drug. Believe- she's not a drug lord. <laughs> but you know what? I, mean? I don't, I don't see. And it might, it's just, maybe it's because I have these preconceived notions of Charlie's angels, mm-hmm. Cameron Diaz and the mask, Charlie sure. Cameron Diaz. But like as a person, as a, as a, I don't think any amount of acting could have connected those wires in my head just from her physical, her physical presence, her voice, like, like literally the tone and like levels of her voice. I just wasn't for me. Do you Mm -hmm. think, so I'm on the other side of it. I actually enjoyed her performance. I think she does really well in the movie. I think it's a definitely a different, shade than i have ever seen her do before and i think she carries it i think she does a really good job but i can kind of see where you two are coming from do you think it has to do with the redubbing i read that and maybe so (laughs) she her character i have to go back now because i don't remember where but her character was originally from somewhere else that spoke with a dialect a very strong dialect i think it's a she was originally from argentina and so her character like she did the she filmed everything she with filmed that the entire dialect. movie with the dialect it did not test well 
And so they asked her back to oh, crazy. ADR everything, which she did not care for. So I, I feel like the redubbing performance has a little bit of that where she probably did this unwillingly, but it was kind of like a, we have to, we got to do it. Didn't test well. One, why are we taking away from Argentina? Why is she going to Barbados? Two, I would have loved to see, <laughs> I would have loved to see the Argentinian accent. But two, I would have loved to see her give her full effort, full performance without the accent from day one. That might have changed my mind. Yeah, so it was. It was the way she said the lines. She overpronunciated every word that ended in T, and that drives me crazy. A hard T kills me. So. But again, it was dubbed, so we don't know if she did that originally, you know? Yeah, probably not. I don't know. Yeah. But you liked it, Lace? You were down? Everything except one scene, and I think we all know what scene that is. But yeah, I thought... (laughs) See, that's the only scene I fucking dug. Gee, what? What? (laughs) Because I think it was like... I don't know. Like, it, it's a weird scene where we're talking about the fucking bottom feeder. It is not just card. weird. That it's is... weird. It's fucking weird. And we we are Javier Bardem in that scene. Right? We are. We're at the audience. You, we're Rashawn, sitting there like... Some of the listeners might not have seen this, so can you please? So, uh, the counselor <laughs> goes to visit Rainer one day at their club that they're building. I'm so excited to hear you explain this. <laughs> With a straight face. Let's go. <laughs> Rainer is confounded, perplexed, one might say, uh, because he doesn't understand women. The counselor prods him. Tell me why you don't understand women. He's like, because I just watched Malkina fuck a car. And he explains to her that after they've been out all day partying, they watched a cheetah kill its prey and made her very horny. She climbs onto the hood of the car, spreads her legs, and no panties. She fucks. No panties. Takes her panties off, climbs the hood of the car, spreads her legs, and fucks the windshield. Mm-hmm. And it leaves him in a daze. I, I know you're thinking, listeners, the wiper, like the side, dead center of the windshield. Right on top. Right down Main Street. Right on top. 50 yard line. Half court uh-huh. shot. I said last night the counselor walked so Tatan could run. Period. I, um, on the face of it, it's a, it's a shocking scene that's meant to pretty much what mel said produce a reaction that javier bardem has from the audience Mm -hmm. i also think it's a tactic again for malkina to distract this man with sex because in his head that's all malkina thinks about so of course he's going to be thinking for days about this woman fucking a car while she is completely undermining his whole operation and this entire drug deal that's going down. That's my read on it. It's outlandish. It's crazy. But he called her vagina a bottom feeder. I, but I like I picture that though. Like it's, even before he said that, that's like glass. how I mean, it would look. You guys. What he said the he fuck? got a Brazilian fresh puss ba- on the glass. That's what babies come out of. That's and what little and what's the, what's what's your sticking point with the bottom feeder line? It's awful. It's awful. <laughs> He's an awful person, Lace. He's a terrible person, and his views on women are garbage. They're dog shit. Yeah. And then he gets a bullet in his head. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. I will say. I was. I was. I was a little interested too. So I went to my old friend, the internet, and I just googled Cormac McCarthy women just to see. And he's admitted he doesn't know how to write women, um, which is admirable. But he sure writes about them a lot for admitting he doesn't know how to write them. I'll say that. I think you might want to take a back seat, Christopher Nolan fan. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I've always, I've been the first in line to talk about Christopher Nolan's inability to write women. I think the workaround here is is that his writing about women is through the view of terrible men. Is that the most cathartic, positive way to do it? No. No. It's awful convenient. First to admit it. What is that? Wait, convenient? Why? 
Because if you have shitty views on women, you just write shitty men. And then it gets written off that you're not a shitty guy. Do you really think he has shitty views on women? Uh-huh. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Everything Lacey has said. I don't... I, I think... I think the one woman who survives is a villain. It doesn't matter how powerful she is. Uh, I think... Uh, I mean, look at No Country for Old Men in the Road. It's not exactly uh, flying colors on the Bechdel test. You know, I, I just think it's 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 a little uncomfortable. I just think that's I don't buy that. I don't buy that. I, I think that everyone in this movie is a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Except for the woman included. who uh, we see her body rolled down a fucking ditch. She's not a good person. Just because she is not doing the drug dealing does not mean that she is not ready to marry a drug dealer. Yeah. Isn't the whole thing, isn't the whole reason she... We we are told explicitly by Brad Pitt at the bar that the reason she gets killed is because she's innocent. Also, that's another thing. My guy, Cormac, take it easy on the foreshadowing, all right? Good God. It's insulting. It's insulting how much right. foreshadowing he does. Everything is told to you before the end of the movie. Everything. But I don't think we're like shocked at that, right? Like no one I don't think we're like watching it's... this movie thinking that Penelope Cruz is gonna make it through. No, like, I know. She's she's dressed in white the whole movie until the end she's wearing red. I and know. like maybe we didn't catch that. But we but know t- that she's gonna get killed. We are told killed. verbatim how she's gonna get killed. Right. She's she says she's gonna die in like the second in her second scene in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but I, I mean, someone uh, put a nickel in me. Now I'm all wound up. That's Romeo and Juliet. I mean, we know these people are going to die by the end of the the story. That doesn't make it any less exciting. I think it's less foreshadowing and more of Chekhov's gun. He talks about the Bolito. He talks about the snuff film. And both of those things come to pass. And it's more of a sense of foreboding and dread than it is like heavy, heavy. I need to tell you, tell you because you're not smart. I think it's just like. Listen to this really awful, terrifying thing, and then it happens to Brad Pitt. McCarthy and you're uh, like, oh, utilized, shit. McCarthy utilized his own writing style, challenge, difficulty, impossible. What are you talking about, Josh? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think like any part of this movie has a twist at all. I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Rashawn, but I don't think we're watching this movie no. and but get to the end of it and be like, Oh, the whole time it was Malkina. Like we knew, right? Like from the jump, no. we knew Penelope was going to die. We knew that he was in over his head. We knew Brad Pitt was going to fucking skip out because he tells us all of this. I think this is just a film about this is what happens. This is how it goes. I feel like I'm realizing now. I think that's also like what doesn't jive with me. It's like we're being told all of these things are going to happen and all of these things are happening, but it's all, it's so much exposition and it's so much time spent with misogynists that I don't care at all about. Like if we're going to tell the story about Malkina, give me more Malkina. The scene with the priest was so weird and confusing. I didn't understand it at all. I would rather see more of, like, <laughs> her actually moving the chess pieces and, like, yeah, putting Agreed. out the hits. But, that, but it's not it's not her story. That's it should have been. That this, but this is not a world where she could be the counselor. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean that it's not a world where she can't come out on top. And, that I mean, we see that it doesn't have to be the drug cartel. It, it can be any industry. You know, women are not at the forefront. And I think she is one who has discovered how to work that to her advantage. And the counselor is usually the face of all that. And he makes every wrong choice. I mean, they tell him how bad things can get. He's laughing. And he does it anyway. He does it. He's greedy. He wants the world. And then by the end, he's asking everyone that he looked down on for help. And I get that it's not the most I get that it's not the most original story or it's not the most compelling or complex. It's a simple story told very flowery. I get it. I, there's a lot of monologues. I get it. But I just think it's done with like a little panache and poetry and I like that. I but I think that's like why I 
not the the dialogue aside i there's nobody you can like root for there's no one you can like in this movie like everyone's a bad person you said that yourself everyone's a bad person yeah and i, I think like okay i didn't sometimes. care i didn't care about any of it i think for me i agree with you but i think when it comes to movies like this where it's like everybody is bad we can't root nobody has redeeming qualities i always turn to like the character work of the actor where i'm like okay javier bardem i've seen that guy before or it's like wearing fucking ill-fitting versace that he thinks is a shit like i start going into the actor and their performances versus these characters in the story because you're right i none of these people we all again we all knew they were gonna get fucking murked at the end we couldn't root for anyone everyone had their hand in the pot even penelope cruz who was the most innocent i even said at one point i was like i feel and this was at the beginning because they don't have a lot of interactions i feel like they haven't known each other for a long time i feel like they talk like fuck buddies like they're he's like oh being I mean, in is, bed with you is like the whole world. That is and implied I, a little bit. What? When his when his client approaches him and he's like, How long have you known him? And she says, Long enough. Right. Yeah. And so I feel like that is again, even though she's so innocent and sweet, it's just like, Well, girl, you know what kind of work he is in, even if he's not telling you A B C one, two, three what it is, but you know that he's fucking with the cartel. Well, when was the last time you tried to call him? Yesterday. Why? Why? Because I couldn't reach him now, all right? <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know. What are you? I don't know. That's what Westray said, but he did know, didn't he? What are you going to use for money? I've got some money. I don't think so. If you had any serious money, you wouldn't be this jackpot in the first place. I might. Ah, uh, yeah? Well, <laughs> I know why I'm in it. Do you? Sure. Same as you. Greed. Yeah. <laughs> no. You got in trouble. You got in trouble. I tried to appeal to your greed two years ago. No deal. Now it's too late. It's too late. What do you think I should do? I don't know, counselor. I don't know. I'm stupid. I'm stupid. <laughs> no, I'm not. stupid. No, you're not. But is this... I was of the impression this was his first deal is this not his first deal it is it is okay it he, is I, his he's first known deal. he's known rainer for a while but i think he's finally decided to get in on it okay i think he wants more he wants more and more and more and more, more that's another thing that's missing for me though is just motive <laughs> like just you're a lawyer this woman that you're fucking seems to have a good job too why do you need $20 million? Yeah, that's... Unless... If I hadn't read the synopsis before I opened it, I, I would have missed... I mean, there's still really... I It's never really a clear motive aside from money, please. Like, listen, so, like, I need $20 million too, but if if someone came to word? me and was like... What? <laughs> I said word. word. <laughs> I, I could very easily use that. But if someone is like, okay, but there's a possibility that your husband will be kidnapped and decapitated and unmerciful things done to his body i would be like "Mm, never mind i'll I'll figure it out like (laughs) but you're also you're also a sensible person who's not power hungry who's not greedy i think that's established very early on that he's yes he's a lawyer but that doesn't make make him a decent person i mean he wants to work in the cartel you know like it's that's all you need to establish that he's greedy. He has questionable motives. He's and a questionable he's haircut. To do whatever. What? He's also oh a goodness. skeleton in this movie. He's so thin. It's very thin. Is yeah. that on purpose? Um, I don't know. This Is that was just like his after... body when he's not trying? Maybe. That might be him. I mean, I mean that's great, but it was around just... X Men, and he used this movie to get Assassin's Creed made. So. You like he'd be in better shape. He wasn't in bad shape. He was just no. He was yeah. He was, very yeah, he, skinny. I was shape, I was yeah. a little concerned. <laughs> <laughs> Two, quick question: Do we remember when when 
Malekith, what's her name? Malkina. Malkina? Malkina. Bonus points if you know who Malekith is. Oh, that is um, Sleeping Beauty's evil. <laughs> real Perfect. Money. Yep, has nothing to do with Marvel. Um, so, do we remember when Malkina was talking to her banker? Do you remember, and she said one of the cheetahs died? Do you remember which one died? One of the cheetahs died and one of them is in Arizona now. I think Sylvia is in Arizona. Why? Because if Sylvia died, that'd be crazy that he killed the one female cheetah, too. But Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Josh. Cheetah rights. I was. I will say I appreciated that. I was very afraid that they were going to hurt the cheetahs when Javier got murked. And I was glad that they walked out and they were okay. Mm-hmm. Well, one of them. No, they well, both walked out. One of them just dies off screen. Yeah, one of them just dies. Yeah. One of, yeah, one of them. I, I didn't have to see that, though, and I appreciated <laughs> that. <laughs> I was trying to give it a compliment, Rashawn. What about Brad Pitt? He needs some dry shampoo. Oh, shit. I'm of the impression that everyone's great in this movie, so I don't have a bad thing to say about Brad Pitt. I also feel like I know that guy in the, in the cowboy suits and the long, slicked hair. Like, he just plays it really well. <laughs> I don't care. I think Brad Pitt's a great actor. I have no yeah. Yeah. Why does he have brown eyes in this? Okay, thank you. That's what I thought. Why? I was like, is he wearing contacts? I never noticed that. He is, right? Yeah. He He, must have been. Doesn't he have blue eyes? Yes. Okay, period. I thought I was going crazy. Why? They look strange. You know who should have swapped roles? Or Natalie Dorner? Yeah, Cameron Diaz and Natalie Dorner. No. Yeah. Natalie Dorner? Dorner. She was the blonde. She she, she, did that, she she did yeah. that shit in Game of Thrones already. Let's see her do it with a um Except uh, with an Argentinian accent. What's that? Except she didn't make it. <laughs> Sky high. Where do you think this is going, Capitan? Uh, this. Yes. <laughs> I can't really tell your question seriously. Uh... It's going where it's going. Well, either you think it's all going to work out or you don't want to think about it at all. Because the third alternative is unacceptable. Yes. Greed really takes you to the edge, doesn't it? Mm, That's not what greed does. That's what greed is. When the axe comes through the door, I'll already be gone. You know that. How about Rosie Perez? I would have liked to see more of her. You know, we see her once in the interview room and then once when her son is decapitated on the road and she wakes up in the night doing her oh and touches the picture and then she's just out of the movie. And yeah, and then correct me if I'm wrong, but we didn't know that she was like had that much power until after her son dies, right? Because then we find out that like she put out a hit on on the counselor or she said she wanted Yeah, isn't this all her doing? I no. guess I didn't know that she had power or was some sort of drug lord or had any sort of connections until after we were totally done with her. And I would have loved to have one more scene with her after we found all that out. You know? I think it's just implied that she knows people. Yeah, I think when Brad Pitt says she wants to have you killed, it's just like, yeah, she's in jail. She knows people in and out. So she is not someone you can go to right now Mm. to, like, plead your case. Right. John Leguizamo? Ooh, unbuild. Unbuild. That's great when he popped up. Because we did a, a Six Degrees, like, ages ago. And I used the counselor with John Leguizamo. But I lost because I was like, oh, he's not in it. I was like, I made it up. He's not in it. Rashawn, I cannot believe you've seen this like over four times. I really, really like it. I really like it. And here's the thing. I don't necessarily disagree with a lot of the things you guys are saying. Notably, the dialogue not necessarily fitting in everyone's mouth. Because I felt that the first time I saw it. Because it's just not... It's not what you're used to hearing them say, and it's not what you're used to hearing when you go to see this type of movie. And I think the more you sit with it, and the, 
I don't think you're going to watch it again. That's fine. <laughs> but the more you see the movie and the more you kind of ease into the world that this movie is, mm-hmm. it, it feels more at home and it feels more tangible that these people just talk around everything and they have to talk about these big ideas. But if they just talked to each other like people do, maybe a lot of this would have been prevented. But I think this movie is filled to the brim with people who think that they need to say more than they actually should. And and I could be projecting a little bit more onto it than it, it actually has, but I think that's kind of part of the commentary of the movie. Hmm. Who do you think is better looking? Brad Pitt or Penelope Cruz? Penelope Cruz. Penelope Lacey? Penelope Cruz. Yeah. This is a bad movie to use as an example of. Yeah. Well, I mean, even I just it, like... In, in, in any movie, I think. Yeah, like, it's hard. It's even a tough, and tough battle. He, uh, he's a damn good looking motherfucker. But Penelope Cruz? Penelope not, Cruz debating, not debating his honest. But I shouldn't have said Penelope Cruz. Come on now. Tough, tough verses for, for Mr. Pitt. For oh, William. She's so good, man. She is. She's great. She has like great. 10 minutes of screen time and she was the best like, part of uh, the movie. Yeah. The proposal, I think, is so subtle, but mm-hmm. she's just incredible in it. And the you first, you're like, damn, girl, you don't even know what's coming. It's It sucks. But she's, I, th- I feel like you need someone who's so pure and, and comes across just like completely untouched by the world and she sells the fuck out of it. Mm-hmm. Is there anything else anyone else would like to get um, probably. out? Probably. I didn't have watch Cameron Diaz fucking a car on my 2023 bingo, but here we hey. are. Next up, Teton. Mel, anything? Mm-mm. I think I've said it all. Thanks for watching The Counselor, guys. <laughs> bring what lies beneath. I was excited for that one. <laughs> I told him to still bring it. Uh, I feel like... It'll just be like us versus Josh on that one, but maybe. Mm, that seems Good. about right. The only hope I have is is Harrison Ford, but we'll see. Shall we play a game? Yes. I want to play a game. All right, everyone, gird your loins. Riddle me this. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. I guessing games. Come on, Ford. play with me. Riddle me that. I'm always afraid for Rashawn games after episodes like this because he knows. He knows. I've I've given up my revenge games, honestly. But I always do say that too, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> this game is called You Don't Know My Name. And it feels like ooh! <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Yeah, I saw you. You know, I be my manager says I better gotta be using water, but <laughs> I always put cream for you. <laughs> okay, this game is called You Don't Know My Name. <laughs> Sorry. Here's how this game works. The counselor is about a protagonist with no name. So I have gathered a few movies that feature protagonists without names. I'm going to give you hints in three levels. The first hint will be two identifiers to describe this protagonist. The second will be the one thing that they want the most in this movie. And the third will be the actor who portrays them. So you have three chances. And you need to tell me the movie and the identifier that this person goes by. Okay. Got it. For example, this is not... Correct, but one answer would be the Godfather, the Godfather, even though his name is Corleone, whatever. But ready? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This first character is forceful and pragmatic. That's what we get? Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. The one thing they want in the movie is to go back. That's gotta Josh. It's gotta be Doc Brown. <laughs> what is it? 
Doc Brown. Doc Brown. His character is portrayed by John David Washington. What's his name? Lacey. Uh, Tennant. Tennant is correct for one point. Sure, Can you so tell me what this character goes by? The guy. <laughs> <laughs> what is his name? This character goes by the protagonist. Wow. Mm. Nice. Never Chris. said in the movie, but. Never worry about that. All right. This next character is grizzled and hardened. Same. Same, girl, same. The one thing they want in these movies, plural, is justice. Josh. Is it the bride in Kill Bill? No. It's more revenge than justice, huh? Mella? Is it the Batman? No. He's got a name. (laughs) (laughs) And this person, this character is portrayed by Clint Eastwood. Ugh. Is Josh. Is it, is it the good, bad, and the ugly? That is one of the movies. Yeah, so I'll take it. Do you know and what this character goes by? It's got to be <clears throat> the sheriff. Mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> the rootinest tootinest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the sheriff. <laughs> he is the man with no name. Well, that seems pretty like on the nose, don't you think? <laughs> yeah. yeah. The man with no name trilogy. Next character is vengeful and maternal. I mean, uh, Josh. It's got to be the bride, right? <laughs> that is the bride. Uh, <laughs> Kill Bill. That's two points for Josh. Great. This is going great. Uh, mm-hmm. The one thing she wants in the movie is her daughter, and she is portrayed by Uma Thurman. Uh, this next character, I could describe two phrases. DIY and violent. Jesus Christ, it's Jason Bourne. <laughs> DIY? The one thing they want in the movie is anarchy. Josh? That's not right. He has a name. His name is V for Vendetta. <laughs> <laughs> and they are portrayed by. Both Edward Norton and Brad Pitt. Yeah. Lacey. Fight Club. Thank you. The character's name? The guy. Again. Is it just guy? It is the narrator. Mm. Three more. Josh is in the lead with three points. Lacey has two. Mella. Hey. Where you at? Right here. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) This next character is silent and efficient. The one thing they want in the... Uh, oh, please. Uh, Mello? The Thin Man. Oh, that's good. No. Oh, you're fucking kidding me. <laughs> <laughs> the one thing they want in the movie is to just finish the job. Lord have mercy. And they are portrayed by Ryan Gosling. Josh. That's Drive. Yes. And that is The Driver. That is correct. Where's my jacket? <laughs> is there? Does he not talk in that movie or what? Barely. Uh, barely. Ryan mm. Gosling himself asked to or took out himself like 70% of his lines in that movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Next character is coveted and iconic. The one thing they want in this movie is love. And they are portrayed by Marilyn Monroe. Thanks Mel's for putting is, this in here for me, but... It's um... all you, Mel. <laughs> well, you have to know this. This is the character of the girl in the movie The Seven Year Itch. Uh, I really laid that one up for you, Mel. I know. I know. <laughs> Rochelle really tossed up the alley-oop, and then a camera cuts to Mel, who's just sitting on the bench. Yeah, I'm just like... <laughs> on her phone. <laughs> What? <laughs> Tear away pants still not torn away. <laughs> Tag still on. Because <laughs> I've never had a chance. Uh, final character. We'll make it interesting. Level one, you can get four points. Level two, three. Level three, two. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This character is prideful and moody. 
Mella. She's swinging. Oh, no. <laughs> Delete it. Say it. No. Say it. I forgot her name. It's her name. <laughs> I was going to say the trench ball, but I forgot that's her name. Well, yeah, that's right. And doesn't he call her? What's he call her at the end? when he's? It's Her name is Agatha. But... Agatha. Um, they are portrayed... Oh, that's swift. The one thing they want is to break the spell. Me? Lacey? <laughs> the Beast? From Beauty and the Beast? the Beast? What the <laughs> fuck? Oh my god. Hell yeah. Lacey came through with three points to tie the game. Oh buddy. What are we going to do? I have a tiebreaker. <laughs> he comes prepared. This person is musical and haunted. The one thing they want in this movie is to play the perfect song. Aww. And they are portrayed by Prince. Josh. That's Purple Rain. That is Purple Rain. That seems uh, awfully swayed in one direction for a tiebreaker. I gave you Beauty and the Beast. For three points. Do you have the name of the character? Steve. Lacey. Or Josh. The Prince. It's the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> <laughs> he is the kid. Oh, yeah, I guess I didn't know that. Um, Ed and Rashawn, play the entirety of Prince's <laughs> Super Bowl <laughs> halftime performance, please. You won, but you didn't win that good, okay? okay. <laughs> Congratulations, Josh. It seems like... Let's go, dude. Let's go. God. You know, I look I look a lot different outside of my work clothes. <laughs> I'm gonna play that whole monologue in this episode. I'm gonna I know play. you are, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Where's most stuff? In conclusion, I think we can come to the conclusion. <laughs> nice. A real melascript. <laughs> Me when when my term paper is still thirty words under the limit. <laughs> Me when my thesaurus is stuck on the same page. In conclusion, we can conclude that the concluded. We have concluded Concludes. that the, the conclusion of this movie conclusively comes to a very decisive conclusion. In conclusion, I think we can all come to the agreement that the counselor is. A movie with a star-studded cast that has a very wordy script, a few great directed set pieces, and the enchanting, amazing, Academy Award-winning Penelope Cruz. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Cameron Diaz is great, and everyone's great, and this movie is amazing. Whoa, whoa, oh whoa, 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 pull it back, pull it back. Look at that. no, no, no. A four for four. <laughs> Who would have thought? Okay. <laughs> Close. Three. We end each episode with a quick round of six degrees of separation, connecting an actor from this week's movie to an actor from next week's movie. So, who can find the fastest connection between Penelope Cruz and the star of next week's movie, Audrey Hepburn? Not me. That's crazy. <laughs> That's a hard one. Without using the movie we're doing, I can't think of any of the co-stars that I could use. Was she in anything with Cary Grant? Um, she was in a movie with Gregory Peck. That helps. Doesn't. Okay. <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you mine because it's. Uh, it's the only way I'd make any connection. She's in the Children's Hour with Shirley MacLaine. Was Shirley McLean in um, that one movie with Sally Field? Still Magnolia? Yes. Here we go. We got the second connection. (laughs) (laughs) I think I have it, but I need to give half a point to Lacey. No, you can. It's okay. Can I look or can I ask? Was was Leo been getting to New York? Leo, yeah. Okay, so 
Lacey, I'm gonna need you assist again because I couldn't remember the first thing you helped me with. So, Audrey Hepburn was in what was Shirley MacLaine? <laughs> the Children's Hour. Thanks for the assist, babe. The Children's Hour, Shirley MacLaine, who is in Steel Magnolias. Thanks again. With <laughs> Sally Field, who was in uh, Lincoln, with Daniel Day Lewis, who was in. Gangs of New York. This is going to be like 10. Gangs of New York with... I'm going to assist you and say he was in 9 with... with Penelope Cruz. Her. He was in 9 with Penelope Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> it's a team effort today, guys. <laughs> Teamwork made the dream work tonight, guys. <laughs> Thank you, 9. <laughs> when is that coming to the pod, Rashawn? Judging how this episode went... Never. Never. <laughs> no. I, I can defend nine a little bit more. No, oh, well. Hmm. <laughs> Congrats, Josh and Lacey and myself and Mel. <laughs> you did it, y'all. That is it for this week's episode of When Cinephiles Attack. As always, we would love it if you like, subscribe. Rate and review us on Apple Podcast. You can find this and all of our episodes on Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, anywhere you get your podcast shows. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at CinephileAttack. And if you have a suggestion for a new episode or you just want to show us some love, email us at WhenCinephilesAttack at gmail.com. From Rashawn, Mella, Josh, and Lacey. Thank you so much for listening and we will catch you next week. Goodbye. Will you, Rashawn, will you say thanks so much for listening? We'll catch you next week as if it was written by Cormac McCarthy. In Penelope Cruz's dialect. Or Rosa Perez. Whichever. <laughs> <clears throat> oh, God. We implore you to <laughs> return to us next week. <laughs> if the love of your life would so much as beat for Listen if I was attacked. <laughs> Thank you. And I cannot wait to cast my eyes upon you next week. Game time. Boo! Goodbye. Boo! Finger. <laughs> <laughs>